Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm here. Oh my god! I actually am not even joking. I haven't told you about my plane journey. Oh no! I was done. I was <laughs> waiting. I knew we were going to have a plane journey story. Okay, everyone. Annabelle's back in England. She's back in the beautiful cottage. She's back in the bedroom. Let's hear the plane journey story. Give it to okay. us. Honestly, I have to say that I've been really lucky in my whole life, and I've really had next to no plane journey problems my whole life for the last two is that for the last two and can you imagine of all the flights I've taken in my whole life like tour and just everything that's Um, bizarre and I know it's really weird I've really never had many problems um apart from my emotional problems right that's different that happens everywhere (laughs) but it doesn't matter where you are that's going on you're just a mess in public yeah so I get to the airport and it's a British Airways flight operated by Americans. So they tell right. me to go to American. I go to American. No Nothing. such booking. Nothing. Of course. No. Uh-huh. Okay. Hmm? Uh, I'm like, no, 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 no. Just check again. Checks again. He's like, oh, I've got you on a flight in August. Oh, <laughs> that's helpful. <laughs> He's like, you have to go over to the British Airways terminal, which is another terminal. Christ. I had six bags. No. Two of which were about the size of your kitchen table. <gasps> and did you be here for a long time. Did you yeah, walk? We had to. Oh we had to. Yeah. So we ran over there, waited in line, spoke to them. They said, no, that's not right. They looked on their system. They were like, no, your flights are here. So then they sent us back and they said, if if there's a problem, come back and get us. So we sent them back. He he had to speak to a supervisor. They were like, no. Then they sent us back. There were six bags. We literally did this four times. That's awful. No, it was were awful. Were you in tears? No, I kept it together because I was like, I cannot. Like, if I start losing it, then I'm going to stop being productive. So. And then you'll have we had, no juice left to lose it on the flight, which is your favorite. Exactly. How yeah. how will I cry on the plane? Right. Um. So we got the British Airways to print out the thing like the ticket that they had on their thing to give the other people a paper ticket, still nothing. So he calls like the help center or whatever, gets us on the flight, prints the ticket out. And it's, this is first world problems. I booked a priority, um, sorry, premium economy. Right. Obviously spent like more than is comfortable to spend on a plane ticket. Yes. He prints me out a main cabin ticket. And I was like, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh my god and they had taken your money of course oh my god they took my money of course and I was like I packed and scheduled this whole thing around having the ability to bring like tons of bags and blah blah, blah. and he was like no that's not what you've paid for and I'm like okay I don't have time my flight is now in less than an hour at this oh point my god I haven't even gone through security. So I just go, I do it. 
the ticket he printed me took off my TSA. So then I had to wait in the line at security. Luckily, the flight got delayed while we were in the line at security. Oh, good. And then we got, and then during that time, that's when I started to get tier four. And I was like, why am I accepting this? Why have I just accepted going back and forth and back and forth? They didn't offer me a luggage cart. They didn't offer me any help. Mm-hmm. They just sent me back and forth, back and forth. And were like, yeah, it's not our problem. So when I got to the desk at the plane, like at the, you know, the check-in thing at the plane, I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I was wagging my fingers. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh my God. What did they do? At this point, I'm like, sw- I'm like sweating. Cause I, I actually checked it and I did two miles. Two miles oh. <laughs> at the <laughs> airport. <laughs> so we got british airways call center in india on the phone with the man behind the desk at american they moved us to the next flight great my friends were on that flight Mm. got delayed till that got delayed till eight which then got delayed delayed till 10 i was at the airport for nine hours and and you walked two miles and nine hours (laughs) That's that's horrible it was so bad. Can you imagine when he was like, yeah, no, you're not on the plane. You're like. <laughs> and the day started off with our taxi not arriving in the morning. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was great. It was just great. It was a great travel day. Jesus. I think that at this point, I've had quite enough of um, difficult flights. And I think that it's made up for the years of pleasant peaceful flights and yeah it, it was could, you had it coming if it could just stop now I would really <laughs> well just never leave England again just never go anywhere and you'll be fine be like I'm uh, considering it be like our friend Debbie Van Bo in the forest she said she never goes anywhere I know that is me I went to town this morning and I was like there's too many people here I've got to <laughs> too many people The town was probably about a thousand people in it maximum. You're telling me I went to Toluca Lake yesterday. It was like Manhattan. It was Cinco de Mayo and I didn't realize it. So there were traffic in Toluca Lake. If anybody who's not from around here, there's never traffic in Toluca, but the world is any Cinco de Mayo celebrations. Are you kidding? Well, I don't know. Like my idea of hell. It's like you a like crowd tequila. of more than five people. No, I don't like tequila. No. I hate hard alcohol. And you I seem like somebody that would really do well. And by well, I mean terribly on tequila. <laughs> I don't make it far enough to find out. Like I just throw up before I can even get drunk. So I can imagine this yelling. Yeah, I, I do. I'm a, I'm a yelly, <laughs> a yelly drunk. Yeah. I remember getting drunk with you. Well, I wasn't drunk. You were when you when we first when I first started coming to Weldon after the crash. Yeah. And I remember you getting so drunk one night. I think it was was like it the second... pan flute night? No, 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 no. Annabelle, it was another night pan flute concert one night. I'll never forget it. I'll post video of it. <laughs> um, it was like the second time and you got really drunk on red wine and I was sitting there and I was like, just like, you annoyed? no, I was just, I was just like laughing so much. And you started, you started shouting at Ryan. (laughs) We were just sitting (laughs) there and you were like, yeah. And then that's what I said. And you just really 
need to listen to me right now. You <laughs> fucked up and I cannot, you just couldn't handle it. And, and now look, and Annabelle was always just too wild for you and you bloody idiot. <laughs> You were like, you were going up, and I was sitting there like, okay, I just gonna this. She needs to get this off her chest, so I'm just gonna. Yeah, I was reprimanding um, someone in the spirit world. <laughs> well, he, he hasn't visited me since, so maybe he's a little angry still. He's Ryan, giving you time to. He's giving you time to cool off. Yeah, Ryan, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize. <laughs> Although I mean what I said, Annabelle was always too crazy for you, but you did your best. <laughs> he did a fine job. He did a fine job. You did good. You did good. <laughs> anyway, how are you, babe? Tell me okay. everything. Well, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. I'm just, you know, manifesting all over the place. <laughs> just really getting good at this manifesting thing. Um, Can you manifest your ass onto a flight over here? Yeah, I'm definitely trying. No, like manifesting to the point of like, okay, this is ridiculous now. Like uh, over the past two weeks, once I said to Will, hey, we were talking about wanting uh, a barbecue for the summer for our patio. Mm -hmm. And then wake up the next morning, look out my window. There's a barbecue on the curb. <laughs> And that happened three times. The other one was, I said, oh, we had so good. I want to get a new office chair. I don't, I don't like this office chair. And I'm driving down my road and there's a brand new office chair on the corner. <laughs> one of the things that's crazy about LA is that people will go there for like three months or six months and buy furniture for apartment. And then they just leave. And they I know, just... especially where I live is crazy. Like people just leave stuff on their front lawn and everybody knows that it's just a free for all. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan in my first nice apartment, stuff. I got everything from this guy who had been, who'd had it for six months and he was like, yeah, I'm leaving. Mm. And it was all new. And I was like, I'll take it. I'll take everything. Yeah. Can. It's like, usually people donate to the Goodwill, but since COVID Goodwill's been not really accepting donations because they're full because everybody yeah. started donating stuff. So they no longer are taking things. And so people don't know where to take their stuff. So anyway, the third thing was like a bed frame that I needed when Will's friend came to stay. Oh, I remember that. And uh, and the fourth thing that just happened was not physical, but something I I said, because I'm in, as everybody knows, pitch meetings for my TV shows that I'm selling. And I and I thought a couple of weeks ago, I need a showrunner. And if you're not in show business, you might not know what a showrunner is. <clears throat> Or but, if you are and you're like me and you don't know, <laughs> you don't really know what they do. Yeah. It's just a person like who helps you guide the show and who okay. helps, helps you take it where it needs to go to get made. Every show's got one. Oh, and, okay. and, and then the very next day, one of my music students, their father walks in the room and happens to be one of the biggest showrunners in the business. And we start talking and he's like, send me your project. I'd love to read it. So I was like, amazing. It's just stuff like that. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> just like, I believe in Mercury and retrograde, which Annabelle poo poos at. I also believe in this manifestation thing. I believe in manifestation 
like I believe in this pen in my hand. Like I, I really, it's real. It's now here's real. the thing. It goes both ways. So you got to be careful what you ask mm-hmm. for <laughs> because we will manifest. The universe doesn't know the difference between something positive and something negative. So it's just going to answer to what you put out there. So you got to watch your, watch your thoughts there. Really? It, it can't, you believe it that you believe that it can't tell the difference between negative. Well, yeah, because thought. there is no negative or positive in the universe. It's neutral. Nature is neutral. A tidal wave is not trying to kill people. A tidal wave I becomes see. a quote unquote bad thing because humans get hurt, get hurt. And so I experience it. So all we do as humans is just label everything around us as good or bad. And that's our right. survival instinct. We have to do that to survive. But the universe outside of the human experience there, there and spirit, it, it all encompassing, there is no good or bad. There's no good or evil. There's no right or wrong. It just is. We're the ones that, that judge it. Mm. That makes me feel really nice and calm. Yeah, it is a good thing. It's like how some people see, I just labeled that a good thing. (laughs) Find space to be really overwhelming and they don't like the feeling of feeling small. Mm-hmm. Because I love the feeling of just being like, none of this means anything. I know. Such but a it also means but it also means everything. everything. Yeah. Which I guess is neutrality, meaning everything and nothing at once is neutral in the end, I guess. It is. So you're doing your getting your shows ready and you've got a pitch meeting this morning. Yeah, I've got a pitch meeting after we get off. And then uh, I am going to make myself rest today because I've been going a mile a minute. Uh, I've got a wait list for my music teaching. (gasps) Congratulations. Thank you. It's really, it's really exploding into quite a business here, which I'm grateful for. Teaching is not my life's work. (laughs) It's not what I, what I planned, but it's definitely important. Um, It means a lot to me to spread music and to pass that on and to nurture other Mm. people as they pursue their own music. It feels like giving back and our listeners might be happy to know that I'm now expanding my business to zoom lessons because I have people from different countries inquiring so you know amazing you're a musician out there you could study with me amazing um so we've got I want to hear all about England can you please tell us what's going on in your village is the choir still practicing do you still hear the bell the bell choir out your window hold on let me just get the uh, latest (laughs) Hambledonian we're back to the Hambledonian what a magazine. And then I've got some surprises. You and I received amazing some fan mail. Cute. We received some fan mail and we've got some great listener feedback and all the things our listeners have come to depend on the news. Don't you worry. You're going to get it all. Amazing. What's going on in the Hambledonian? Um, new faces on Spell Them Down. Some new people in the neighborhood. They're sheep. Oh, there's some sheep. I was expecting it to be your face because you're new in the neighborhood. One of my my favorite parts of the 
of the Hambledonian is the uh, is the updates from the marmalade factory. Okay. Um, and basically, she said the lady that makes the marmalade said, "Thanks for all the jars, uh, but can you stop bringing them around now because I've not got enough marmalade to fill the jars." So. Um, Please don't bring any more jars to my house. And that's communicate with her in this village, is sort of by putting notes in here and they just tell everyone at once. Could have a group chat on WhatsApp, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a it's like a group chat. We went the other night because we had really bad jet lag and we just it was 10:30 and we went to the pub because I was like, I can't sit here all night. Yeah. Um and it was it's only open for another half an hour, but we sat in there and the church wardens were in like the next like cubby hole in the pub. Oh my god, there was hot gossip. They were moaning about <gasps> this person and that person. What are we gonna do about this man? And oh, the robbery at the village shop. A robbery. Um, and the lo- yeah, and the local driver Dean, but he was so drunk he couldn't walk straight. So he was going up and down the street like this, trying to, you know, help. And he didn't know what to do, so he went, <gasps> look. And the man, he, the man looked straight into the camera, the security camera, and he went, you're on camera now, you fucking idiot. Get out of here. Wow. <laughs> he was so drunk, he couldn't fight. So he was just like, oh, look, oh, there's a hornet in my house. Oh, no. Call the man. That sounds like a man job. I know, it really is. I'm just going to ignore the problem. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's fine. I'll just keep an eye on it. There's a hornet um, in your house and you're just going to ignore it? Oh, yeah, he's by the wind. I think he'll fly out. Okay. Um. So anyway, there's a robbery. What else? We've got 15 Ukrainian people coming over to live in the village. Um, speak wow. which, if anyone has clothes for like a teenage boy, aged sort of 14 to 19, um, we're trying to get like, fancy but just things that the boys don't feel like idiots wearing do you know what I mean it's like appropriate for their age and yeah they're finding it hard to get stuff for teenage boys that is comfortable for them please reach out and let me know because we're we desperately need them for the families that are coming here so there's 15 coming to Hambledon and then there's 15 coming to the next village over as well so DM me and we can get them to the church we haven't done much but we have been so jet lagged but what we did do is we went to the bluebells which was Mm. great and it was like heaven on earth yeah it was beautiful I'll share pics how long Um, will they be blooming they're only out for I think like a month or so maybe three-ish four-ish weeks wow like they'll be within a week they'll all be dead and that's why it was important for me to come at this time because otherwise I would have missed them and it was worse the 20-hour journey (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you got there in time that's so special I've never seen them oh maybe next year you can see them yeah but yeah it's just beautiful here everything is so lush and green and I haven't been here in the summer or the spring in so long that I kind of I don't know. I forgot what it's like to be in a very kind of fertile, um, lush environment. I know exactly what you mean. I'm California is for it. Yeah, I mean, can't speak of starving. Like it's, it's so dry. It's the so, desert. Yeah, it's like no, 
seasons. It, there's no, you don't watch anything develop really. It's just like the same all the time. <laughs> I have been up north and I went out yeah. to Santa Cruz Island this last yeah, week. Yeah, I saw that. To perform and it was definitely very green and everything is blooming right now but but for the most part LA and then it like gets brown and then 80% yeah. of the year it's just brown <laughs> I know that's the thing it and just, brittle that's it it just makes you feel like different yeah, about it really does life it when does. you're in an environment like that I find it, it was interesting yesterday. I was like in my delirious state. You know, I think about God a lot. I'm not religious per se, but um, I sort of thought to myself yesterday, like this place, so like fertile, so lush, so green, so beautiful, feels like a very supportive, life-giving place. Yeah. Makes me understand why people like believe in God and you know throughout history and literature and poets and you know artists and writers and painters and you just look at this and you just think like how could God not be real when something like this that is so glorious and so supportive yeah I don't mean God necessarily like white beard man God. I just of course mean not. whatever you whatever think God is, Mother Nature, whoever God is, whatever God is to you. Um, and it really made me think about that a lot. And and it made me think how I understood God and Christianity, I think, in just in a different way through coming back here. And just being outside for the last two days, like in the fields and in the woods mm-hmm. and in the bluebells. Um, and then I thought about the dryness of <laughs> California. Yeah. And I thought about how I really don't need God, but I love God, if that makes sense. Like I love, I love it for creating this. And I don't ever want to be somebody that like turns to God out of desperation because Mm -hmm. I don't have anywhere else to turn because I'm broken because I'm in pain. I want to love God because I look at things like this and go, wow, like when people say like God is good, I understand that when I look at this landscape and when I look at the bluebells and when I look at the lushness of the trees, Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about abundance and, desperation and I think about that a lot I think about it in nature I think about it socially I think about it politically I think about it in every way because I think I spent so much of my life coming from like a desperation mindset and a deprivation mindset yeah um and you know before the crash I was really working on on changing that because I think when you are desperate you make decisions that aren't necessarily like in keeping with like what actually is your right what is best for you right obviously people people have to make desperate decisions a lot um that's not kind of what I'm talking about I'm talking about the more privileged of us who are kind of choosing certain paths um but anyway I just look at this place and I'm like fuck yeah I think God might be real (laughs) 
I know what you mean. And yeah, that's why in art, in painting and mm. in music and poetry and writing, people have connected to God through nature mm. like that for a long time. And I like what you're saying about the desperation versus abundance. I desperate. It's like desperation is not authentic. It's not yeah. an authentic thing. It's, it's, would you say, is it a reaction? Is desperation a reaction? Like a, a reactive mind? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a survival Respons- instinct. Right. Yeah, I think it's a survival I- instinct. And like, we are not people who are desperate in the sense of like, how am I going to feed my children tonight? No. That's not, you know, of course, that's not what, what we're saying. But I look at, I look back at like my career choices I made, you know, decision to live in LA as long as I did all of those things. It, it was all coming from this place of desperation that was giving me this really strong sense of like dis-ease. And I think the reason why I feel so peaceful here is because I know it's where I belong and I know that it's in keeping with what is like my natural authentic self, the lifestyle, the pace, the, the values, um, I will always make my art and do the things I do and have my creative pursuits. But I think I spent a lot of time being really desperate for things to work in the way that I wanted them to work rather than letting them unfold in the way that was meant for me. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, That's exactly what's been on my mind lately. Just unhooking that ego from everything I'm doing completely changes your life experience yeah it's not that you stop pursuing what you're pursuing no and Um, it's not that you don't make an effort no no no. all I do all day long is work my ass off towards my goals but I'm learning to do it in a way where I'm unclenching that ego's grip on every Mm. on my decisions and my goals it's what you said Jeff said that quote yeah. was so great for me. It's been on my mind ever yeah. since. I'm going to misquote it, but don't let ego be in what you choose to do for work or a living or your... Mm. Don't your make point. your ego your job or your career. That's right. And um, when you said that, it put into words what what I've known for a while now is that for so long I was functioning like you're describing just my ego was the reason I had to be a singer because my mm-hmm. dad was a singer and I needed him to love me. So if I was doing what he did and I was in that world, then I would get the love. Yeah. But when I unhooked hooked the ego from that, I realized I still love singing. <laughs> so yeah. I can pursue it for me and for the right reasons instead of mm. ego reasons. Mm-hmm. That does not yeah. mean go be a Buddha and sit under a tree for 10 years. That's not what letting go no, means. No. You, you don't, you don't have to stop what you're doing. Just take a look at why you do, why you do what you do. I mean, it's the best I've ever felt. I have to say that the ego death I experienced as a result of everything that's happened in the last chapter of my life yeah. was was the greatest one of the greatest gifts that Brian and Max could have given me because yeah. I just took the ego out of all the shit that I do and it and when when the ego is just decimated yeah I got to reapproach everything 
without right. my ego. And exactly. I think maybe that's why everything sounded different and why movies look different and why my experiences of everything was so, so different. Um, You're seeing it for the I'm, first time without ego. And now I'm acutely aware of when my ego is kicking in like acutely aware. That's right. Because when you're always functioning from ego, you, you, you don't know the difference. That's all, you know, so that's normal to you. Once it's removed and it's no longer normal, it's very, it's very clear when it, when it kicks Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And Ryan said that to me when he came through in a seance shortly after he passed, he said that exact thing about you, which I've told you before. He said, I needed to do this so that Annabelle could grow in ways that she wouldn't have grown if I had stayed. Mm. And I think that's part of what he meant. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know how to feel about that. But um, I know. I'm sorry. I say it a lot and I know it's. No, it's just it's just I just don't know how to feel about it. And regardless of of how I feel about it, it is what has happened. and. All I can do is, you know, move forward f- from there. Um, I wish, I wish that how I felt about things now and the lessons I've learned, the wisdom I've kind of now mine, the, the view that I have now as a result of this thing which happened, the worldview, the emotional response, whatever you want to call it didn't come at that cost and I my greatest wish for for everyone else always is like don't be like me and like wait for something to happen to make you make the changes in your life that you want to make yeah I could have done this before it's a choice it is a choice right it really is um, it's a massive commitment and it's a choice, but it is doable. You don't have to lose everything or have your life explode in your face in order to live the truth that you that is in your heart, whatever that is. Right. And that's the age old tale is that humans usually wait until they're yeah. forced until they're forced. Yeah. And that's your message is don't wait. It's a choice. No, don't wait. If you, you don't have, have to lose everything. No. And if you have a little thing, little thing scratching away at the back of your head or, or in your heart or a little voice or a little something that's going, hey, hey, listen, listen to, to me. This isn't, this doesn't feel good or this isn't working, is it? Or whatever it is. You know, listen, yeah. don't, don't ignore that voice. To, that is an opportunity for you. And it is fucking scary. I know that it's scary to go because I had started the process before everything. Um, You know, I remember I had that conversation with Ryan where I was like, hey, I don't want to do the things that I wanted to do when I met you. And I've changed as a person and I want a much simpler life. And that was really scary because all of a sudden you're saying to somebody, hey, the thing you signed up for, it's it's changed. I don't want to be this career person anymore. I don't want to be a big pop star. I don't want to do the industry dance. I want to go and work in a shop and I want to do my Patreon and I want to run my little tea business and I want to be your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really hard conversation to have and a really hard conversation to have with my fo- myself first mm-hmm. and then him. But 
one of the most liberating experiences of my life. It brought me so much more peace and so much more joy and it made our relationship much better, even though it was like terrifying. Yeah. Um, I just read something yesterday about that very thing, the importance in a relationship of being able to say, hey, I've changed my mind. I feel differently mm -hmm. about something. And I know that that's different. I know that that's different from what I've said in the past. But now here's what I need moving forward. The importance of that and reminding ourselves that it's okay to change yes. your mind. And just communicate that in a yeah. loving, empathetic way because it's going to be hard for another person. Right. It People find it hard when you change. Very. And it doesn't mean the relationship has to end. No. It just takes it really communication. Doesn't. And but it's going to be very difficult probably and very scary but yeah what is scarier to me and what was scarier to me then was my marriage failing and my life being not the life that I wanted yeah and if I'm honest with myself I don't think I could have got to the place I am now I I think I could have I think it would have taken me like 10 years mm, to right. really just be like okay yeah I want to go and live in a fucking cottage in England and have a quiet life and make my shit and go to the pub and see my friends and travel and live simply and intentionally I so don't you, know so you think ego might have influenced your your path for yeah way longer yeah definitely because I think that the environment that I was living in, in LA, in the, in the hustle and in the grind, all it does is feed that. Feed that. It, it supports that. It's yeah, it really it does. It really, really does. That and it, what's it called when it like reinforces that. Yeah. It took me having to withdraw completely in the way that I did after the crash, going to Santa Barbara and basically sitting in a room on my own for months. Yeah. For a year to, to disconnect from all of that stuff. I mean, obviously, you know, the loss and everything also pu pushed me forward through it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I was, I've just been thinking about that stuff a lot. And, and I think intentional is a word that I want to bring a bit of kind of heat to in this conversation, because what I'm realizing is the more intentional I am about everything in my life, whether it's what kind of reusable cotton rounds do I want to purchase and the vegetables with no packaging and I'm going to fix this thing that's broken instead of throwing it away I'm going to stitch up the dress with the whole of it with the hole in it once I start bringing that kind of intention to everything I'm doing instead yeah. of just being like yeah, yeah I'll just buy this for now it's fine and then I'll throw it away or this yeah. is disposable whatever this will do for now this will do for now that can become your whole life it really is. And it's like that thing that people say, like, don't have a plan B because it becomes plan A. <laughs> like, <laughs> you right. know, yeah. um, a little bit. And I think that I just, I feel much happier living that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's brought a lot more um, meaning to every day of my life. Totally agree. Living intentionally. Um, very intentionally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it's amazing the things that you can bring attention to, by the way. Like, oh, everything. I know. No, I know. Once you start paying attention, it's like, fuck, the okay. You even, eyes. Oh you my God. Intentionally wake up. I'm not going to reach for my phone. I'm going to smile before I get out of bed so that I can start my day with nice energy instead of a frown. Oh, that's nice. All kinds that's of little nice. stuff. I mean, intentional is in every is single. It's, it's infused. Our whole life is yeah. to be infused with intention every single moment. Yeah. Wow. I feel like my, my, uh, reawakening what you're describing it doesn't always have to be a death sometimes it's mm. for me it was coming out of this high control group situation yeah that which was a the, death in a way the, yeah it was a death a huge death and that and the stalker the stalker yeah. changed, changed my life good because that was a near-death experience and after that my life completely took a, a turn mm-hmm. and I reapproached everything from a mindset that I had never had before. Yeah. And it was the same coming out of the high control group that all happened within six months of each other. But the stalker was what gave me the courage to leave the high control group because that near death experience is the thing that jolted me awake Yeah, and made me go like what you're describing. What do you really want? What are you doing? be intentional. You don't have time to lose. You could, mm. you could die today. Today could be your last day. So what mm. do you want to do with your life? Mm. And I was or like, you well, to, what do you want to do with your day? With your day, with this moment, with everything. What? And, and I was like, well, you know, I got to get out of this group. <laughs> and for you. I don't know if that catalyst hadn't happened, how much longer it would have taken me to leave the group. I was in the group for 10 years. Who knows if it could have taken me another 20 years. There were people in there that were in for 20 years who are still in. Oof. And uh, bless them. so these, these gifts that were given in life, God forbid they have to be terrible, devastating things. They're gifts. Uh, They are a a new chance to live Mm. fully Mm. and freely from Mm. ego and fear. And that takes daily practice. Of course, it always seeps back in and and then you're given the choice again. That's the beautiful Mm. thing about it is you're given the choice in every new moment to choose intention again, mm. over going on automatic, over giving into your ego, over giving into the fear, over pulling back, over sacrificing what you know is yeah. right for you, over what somebody else wants. You get pulled in many different directions through the course of a day. Also, I must say that I am realizing now that sometimes it's good and necessary to go into autopilot, if that makes sense. Like, but even that for me has become intentional. Like there are days where I wake up and I feel maxed out and I feel 
like what I need that morning isn't to sit down and purposefully write my morning pages, my journal and sit and kind of like meditate that what I need that morning is to drink my tea on the couch and look at Instagram for five minutes. Yeah. Or watch TV for five minutes or half an hour or whatever it is, or, you know, just tune out. Sometimes I need to wake up and tune out. Sometimes I need to wake up and tune in. And I think even that has become intentional for me. I'm like, okay, I just need to. Yeah. And that is the beauty of television. That's the exactly. television is so people can tune out because we need that. There's nothing wrong with tuning yeah. out. That's not a nasty word. Um, so we don't have long today, but let's squeeze in a news and should we finish with listener feedback? Yeah, let's do so, that. Like we can end it's not the usual schedule, forgive us, but Lucy's very important and she has some. I'm super important. I have major so, meetings today, you guys. So everybody send good vibes, even though you're gonna hear this after my meeting happens. But we can time but, travel, right? <laughs> no, but also they might they might need to still send good vibes. That's true. Because these people are so, going to take the weekend to think about it. So send exactly. those good vibes, send those good vibes, send those that abundance, send all that manifestation energy of just <laughs> success. Oh, I can feel it. I can feel it. Thank you. Yes, it's working. I can feel it. Oh, whoa. <laughs> okay. It's not wild news. It's not important news. It's it's Lucy and Annabelle. What do you got for us, Annabelle Christmas Jones? Stop calling me Christmas Jones. It's getting worse and worse. I don't know. Why why did I come up with this? Now I feel like I can't get out of it. The thing with finding you a C middle name. Annabelle Crumpet Jones. Can we just stop it now? Can I say this is going to be my final week doing that? Yeah. Because it's getting bad. We're going back to Christmas, guys. It's no longer. It's no longer a thing. Okay. Okay. What do you have for us, Annabelle? Annabelle. Okay. (laughs) The thing that I wanted. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I just want to share it, even though I said to myself I wasn't going to. Oh, shit. What is it? No, because we don't have long enough to talk about it. I won't. I won't. What if I'm allowed to just make one sentence response and that's it okay I'm just gonna do it and if we need to continue the conversation at a later juncture then okay and this could be a two-parter so there is an influencer called Ollie London okay um Ollie is non-binary so they them and and he is oh sorry they it's fine, whatever. I'm not going to get it right every time. Sorry. Impossible. Um, they are, they have had, I think, about £100,000 worth of plastic surgery at this point and recently what? came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they look like this. Um, I have a picture of them. That's why I find it hard to be like. I know it's. I can't. So that's them. That's them before their last surgery. That is a biological male who identifies as they them. Just I'm just saying that because 
he does look very I'm sorry <laughs> they do look very feminine fucking hell train wreck right it is really confusing to me when somebody who is they them looks like they were like one, or the one other. sex and massively have shifted their appearance to look like the other sex yeah I then get very confused because yeah. already I'm confused and then we add in the pronoun and I'm like just kill me now oh uh, yeah um agree so they Ollie maybe I'm just gonna start doing Ollie just the name okay Ollie yeah that's my a part, good whole thing. feels he is Korean he is not sorry fuck they are not Ollie feels Ollie is Korean I'm too jet lagged for fucking gender non-binary shit right now. And your fucking pronouns. You're lucky I can even speak right now. I'm not. If I don't remember your fucking pronoun right now, God forgive me. Ollie feels that Ollie is Korean. Ollie is white. Okay. And recently underwent facial reconstruction to look Korean. And Ollie feels that they are, well, they've come out. They is. Wouldn't it be they is? They is, is trans transracial. They have come out as transracial. Transracial. Yeah. So it started a big convers another big conversation. It's the first conversation. It's the first person that's kind of come out as transracial since Rachel Dozel. Have you do you know about Rachel Dozel? No. Rachel Dozel was a white woman who basically tanned her skin braided her hair and pretended to be black for many years she went to a black college she then taught did like black history studies as a professor she worked for one of the most prominent black activism groups in America and then basically somebody outed her that she was a white person and she'd been doing what essentially is blackface um you should watch the documentary if any of you guys listening haven't watched this documentary uh the Rachel Dozel documentary I'll share a link or something if I can or whatever put it up um so wouldn't Michael Jackson sorry it was about her story. It's about her story, basically, which is quite complicated. She was in a family, a white family that adopted black kids. And she watched the children undergo massive amounts of abuse from the family and the parents. And I think there's like some kind of trauma response going on here where she ended up adopting the children as a very young person and being their mother. Wow. And I think I I don't know and she has black children of her of her own that she birthed um and she still lives as a black person and she still has like a Nigerian name and um identifies as black even though she is white Uh, and that's what Ollie London is doing Ollie feels he is Korean wow wouldn't that be what Michael Jackson did with being a white man (laughs) i don't even know honestly where to begin thinking about it um michael jackson yeah so people don't like it when you say that i'm not a big michael jackson fan can't separate the man people don't like it when you say that the man painted himself in white makeup well he also literally 
bleached his skin white. And dyed his skin white. And had facial reconstruction to have the face of a white man. But we seem to just... What do you mean people don't like that? How How can they not like that? It's not... When do you ever hear that talked about? <laughs> so this is nothing new. This has been going on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but when when Michael Jackson does it, it's all right. Right. But this Ollie person is just... Racist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's very, it's very different psychologically, I think, to go from being in a minority and undergoing a very like stressful and difficult life and going I I want to be something else now thank you like that I can really understand um I don't know there's a lot of interesting chat in the comments on this YouTube video between a Black Lives Matter um I don't actually wish whether she was BLM but um basically a black woman and Ollie sit down and have a conversation Hmm. And she's just like, yeah, no, transracialism isn't a thing. Like, it's right. not a thing. Oh, he had every, he was just like, you just can't tell me that I'm not Korean. Like, I am. <laughs> well, listen, you can't tell me that I'm not 12 because I want to order off the kids' menu. So I'm fucking 12 years old, okay? It really upsets me in America how if you are a grown up and you want to order off the kids' menu, you can't. What I if you don't want a grown up size meal? What if you just do actually want a kid size meal? Who are you Some to tell I'm not 12? Well, who are you to tell me what size kind of portion I should have? Like, I want a kid <laughs> size portion. I think that transracialism is going to become more and more and more of a thing. For sure. I just don't know how we can accept that people identify as like bugs and onions, but somebody can't identify as like another race. I don't like any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand how to like make sense of it in my brain or like what's right, what's wrong, why it's right, why it's wrong. I'm confused. I just wanted to share that story with you. So people, let us know what you think about Ollie, the gender non-binary individual who is white, has undergone much surgery to look like his favorite K-pop star and now identifies and has come out as transracial and is now Korean. So if anyone has any thoughts, please let us know in the comments. This just, thank you. This feels (laughs) like people have far too much time on their hands. Yeah, I don't know. What would you want to be if you, if like, if I could be anything caught up in this thing and you, you like had to identify as something. Does it have to be like a plant or something? Or no, it, it can be? be anything. It can be like a different race. It can be a different sex. It can be a thing. No, it can be a, a noun. It can be a person, place, or thing. It could be a verb. <laughs> can I just... I I like where I'm at, so... <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Nothing. No, like guilty pleasure that is nagging at you no how about yourself let's see I think I'd like to identify as a princess and that would take me into the realm of that heiress show where she got caught for being a fake heiress oh okay so it's not really identifying as something else more but isn't that what people are doing 
Like, I'm sorry, that man's not Asian. He can make himself look like he's Asian, but that's the same as that woman pretending to be an heiress. I don't know. I don't know, Lucy. It's too complicated for me. I actually can't have, like, my brain can't handle this. I don't know. I don't. I'm just asking. Wanna... I'm just supposing crazy questions, but you have no, to say it, that I'm it's, saying. It, no, I, I understand completely why you're saying what you're saying and why anyone would say that and a million other questions that people might have. I just don't, my sense of like, what is it's just all bets are off for me now I'm not surprised by anything anymore I'm like oh yeah okay you want to okay cool that's good <laughs> well as long as you're not hurt, hurting yourself or anyone else let it rip I know it's 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 crazy so anyway babe what's your news hit okay. us with your news my news is so sweet and it, it, it what made me think of it was every time you go to England, I go into these like abandonment issues and I get all triggered and I get all and I have like dreams that I'm hugging you and and tackling you in person and punching you in the face. (laughs) (laughs) I have that thing, that like disorder where you try to kill really cute things. Oh, you like squeeze them. Like a little, the little girl in Looney Tunes. So this news caught my eye because it's just sweet and it has to do with friendship. So this is from the world of archaeology, which I always like to choose just to offset the insane news that you bring to us. So 6,000-year-old slate rings may have symbolized relationships. In Finland... Fragments of these stone ring ornaments were recovered at hunter-gatherer sites across northeastern Europe, and they may have served as friendship rings some 6,000 years ago. Um, It was thought that the rings were naturally broken up after they'd been buried, but certain people at these different universities They checked the surfaces for traces of how they may have been used, and they found that rings at different sites fit together. Oh, wow. Which means that they would have been taken by people to different areas as Mm -hmm. having been the same ring. And, And they would have been that time's version of like a friendship necklace where, you know, did you have those with your friends? Yeah, yeah. together and uh I remember like a couple of my friends got one and there were like three pieces and I was the fourth and I was like left out of it I was so devastated wait they wait they had three there were like four of us that were friends and they got one that had three pieces (laughs) (laughs) that's devastating for anyone I don't care what age you are god that's really sad so you can see why I have such issues when you leave me I wasn't allowed those for that reason. Yeah, it's really not not the best. It's not the healthiest for the young psyche. It's very innie, outy, very clicky. But if you're a grown up, you can have one. If you're a grown up, you can handle one. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is I'd really like to have one with you. I think that would be really oh my- great. I actually think that can be arranged. Yes. <laughs> but what they were finding is they found some of the halves of the pieces in a grave. So these are things that people would have had with uh, someone who had died 
you might keep that. And, and I never thought about that, but that's a beautiful thing too. So do you think that, do you think that if we had one of those necklaces that maybe it could like go, your half would go to the grave with you? For sure. I would definitely be buried in it. Yeah. Let's do some listener feedback. Listener feedback time. So last week we had Debbie Van Bo, Jess. Oh yeah. Multi-talented queen of the South. Yeah. And listeners loved this chat. They really had good things to say. You you guys love it when we do a bit of spiritual chat, a bit of ghosty chat. It's your favorite. No, nothing gets you guys jacked up more than that. They love it so much. Well, I'm going to go all the way. We we did get one uh, listener say, great episode, loved it. Um, Always appreciate when you guys comment, when you like something, if you're interested in it, what you did like, what you didn't like. We love your feedback. We love your comments. We love your messages. So write in. The... A little comment I'm going to read here actually isn't from last week. I realize that we always do from the last week, but there's no reason we can't do from different episodes because people find the pod at different times. So. Exactly. Yeah. We get, um, we get comments on many episodes. Yeah. So this one is from the, I don't think I want kids episode. I'm 42 and I've never known how to start the conversation with myself, my family, my partner. Thank you. I've sent the episode to my best friends and I'm going to start there. Wow. Yeah. Lucy and Annabelle just shutting down wombs left, right and center. (laughs) Close for business. No more babies. Right. Get the fuck out. (laughs) I was with my sister and her, her daughter was, you know, like in the room with us and causing commotion, having a great time and laughing. And, and I, and I turned to her, I said, did I tell you I decided I don't want kids? And she was like, I listened to your podcast episode. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Because I didn't know if I had like said anything that would offend her, which I would never, ever mean to or like do. But I got, just, I got some heat for it. Yeah. I got some heat for it. Yeah. For sure. It felt dangerous, like scary to me because it was mm-hmm. kind of, it was my first time with a, with someone in my life where they knew how I felt. Cause I've never really voiced that out loud. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. What made it kind of risky. Mm-hmm. The fact that we feel like it's risky or that there's like heat behind it is fucking wild. I know there never would be the other way around, but I know here we are. This is why these chats are good. And yeah, exactly. Thank you. Listen for your this. feedback and very, very glad that this yeah. could spark a little, little movement in in your situation yeah that's how about you lucy what powerful so we've got something that uh somebody experienced with the paranormal that they were writing in response to what we had shared this listener says women loved the show this week i wanted to share my noni is that how you would say that n-o-n-i yeah some people say noni some people say noni it just depends My Noni passed when I was five, and I've always felt a connection to her. Her sister, my great aunt, was very ill, and I sat with her when she clung to life. I spoke to my Noni, and I said, if you don't come get her, she won't leave. Less than an hour later, at a moment, I actually looked over my shoulder because I felt a presence. My aunt passed away. Years later, my mother was terminally ill. I told her in a very short, difficult conversation, that she didn't have to worry because Noni would come get her. 
Months later, my mother passed away. A few days later, a friend called me and said, I'm supposed to tell you, Noni. No one knew about the conversation I'd had with my mother. I'm so grateful for those who can hear the other side. We can all hear if we listen. Woo, give me chills. Oh, I love that. That's really great. Thank Ooh. you for that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, another spooky one. You guys fucking love the spooky show. I love it. Just wanted to say that I lived for the Spookyville episode. I just listened to it and it was epic. Lots of ghost stories, especially as someone who's in tune with the other side. It was just an amazing episode and I can't wait for more spirit talk. All right, well, well I have to give it to him. Buckle your pussy up, baby. Because... I'm going to have to take out like the big guns here because we've got more that we haven't shared with you. And I don't know, it just feels strange to share it because it feels like I don't know if people will think it's crazy, but apparently you guys are crazy and you want it. So we all are crazy. We will think about how to do that in the coming weeks. All right. So let's end here today with opening our surprise packages that we got. (gasps) So we received at our business address, two packages, one for each of us and I thought it would be really fun to open them on the show. So these packages are from listener Sarah. Okay, here it goes. Who we love, who always gives us amazing feedback. Yes, we love listener Sarah. Oh my God, what is it? Here's Annabelle's. Oh, that's so cute. What is it? Is it a tea towel? It's needle pointed. It's a little towel. It's a tea towel. Can you hold it up close so I can see the needle point work? Oh my God. So Sarah writes in and she tells us um, that she likes to do her needlepoint and embroidery and knitting when she listens to the show. So I wonder if she did this while she was listening. Sweet. And let's take a look at mine. Yeah, let's see yours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's so cute. Do you think it because it's gray? Do you think it's meant to be ivy? I think it's ivy sparkle puss godiva. Oh, that is so sweet. A little cat carrying a bag of groceries and it says my name. Apparently, she likes (laughs) me better than you. She put my name on it. My name is very long. (laughs) Thank you, listener Sarah. That is so Oh my god. I know. I'm so touched by that. Will you, hey, will you send that to me in the mail so I can use that at my picnics? I will. I'll send it to you in the mail today. Wow, or, so organized. Or Monday. I mean, a little yeah, bit. I feel like maybe it's going to be probably this time next week, but whenever is good. Right, whenever, whenever. Yeah, I'll definitely send it to you. Aw, she says, Dear Lucy, every time I listen to your podcast, I work on my embroidery. I thought I'd make one for you. Thank you for being the highlight of my week. Keep up the great work. Love, Sarah. That is so sweet. And yours says... That makes me feel emotion. It is. Annabelle, every time I listen to your podcast, you work on my embroidery. Yeah, so she says the same thing for both of us. Thank you so much. That is really kind. Thank you, Sarah. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate all our listeners and uh, keep sending gifts. If there's one thing you guys should know about me, that one of my love languages is gifts. So send me gifts, baby. Works for me. (laughs) All the gifts you want. Love it. (laughs) 
Don't be angry at us. We do this for free. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> We've done hundreds of episodes for free. We deserve a tea towel once in a while. And Sarah did not disappoint. She came no. through. So far, she's the number one listener, okay? <laughs> now, she can get knocked out of that position. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see who steps I like up. Your, I like your method here to get gifts. Right. That is I know you like good. it. It that works. Is good. It's good. It works. Humans. All it right, works babe. Humans. Okay. I love you. Have an amazing day. Go frolic in the bluebells. And go fuck shit up at work. Yeah. Good vibes, guys. Good vibes. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Love you. Love you. Baby Britain feels the best. Floating over a sea of vodka. The Lucy and Annabelle Show is brought to you by me, Annabelle Jones. And me, Lucy Walsh. Theme tune by Lucy Walsh. Produced by Paul Kaminsky. Find us on Instagram at The The Lucy Lucy and Annabelle Annabelle Show. Show. Love you!